On this episode, I'm bringing you a session from the 2019 BitBlock Boom Conference. This session is from Chris Merkel. Let's take a listen. BitBlock Boom! I'm sure anybody that got into this um, got into this ecosystem in late 2017. I'm sure you can understand because that was the um, you know that was the season of the ICO boom, right? And the price of Bitcoin was going up, and there was many more eyeballs on Bitcoin um, until the bubble burst. For those who um, are still here, who got in at that time, congratulations to you guys. Are now OGs because you've weathered the bear market and you're still here, you're a, you're a true believer. Um, so some of the barriers to uh, the understandability of what Bitcoin is, and this is actually kind of opposite of, of the last talk, right, where we dove into a lot of technical aspects of what Bitcoin is. Like, the terms that we use are really great for us. Like, we can understand them. We've been here, we talk to people, but again, if I'm a noob and I don't get what Bitcoin even is, like I, I'm not gonna know what a BEC32 address is for sure, right? Even something as, you know, as that sounds like English, like full node, right? I mean, this is just a smattering of, of terms that we use within ourselves every day that are barriers to the um, understanding by a whole group of people who have only been told, they've been basically force-fed by the mass media to that Bitcoin is only used for criminality. That's all they've ever heard until they start to see some price. And then, then what happens is that they start looking and they, and, they, and, they get con and they get confused. They don't understand that Bitcoin is the mechanism to eliminate the extremes of poverty and wealth in the world. You know, they don't understand that Bitcoin is going to give them the power to be in control of their own financial future. So I kind of skipped over that of what will be waiting for them. So when somebody dives in for the first time, they're going to do a Google search. Uh, they're going to go to YouTube. They're going to find a lot of people talking about trading, right? They're going to see a lot of people talking about price, which is great but they might not be interested. They're gonna see a lot of articles about government regulations, which may go over their head. Who knows, right? We're talking about people, when you say 2FA and their eyes start glossing over, right? Like they have no idea what, what, any, what any of this means. Like for me personally, I have smattering interests, but it's not a party I like to spend a lot of time, time at. And what's gonna happen is that they're gonna then start investigating and finding, others, finding other stuff out. Um, so back to community building, right? You know, this is where community building starts. It starts in our, in our social networks. It starts, um, it could be IRL, just like here. It's what I would consider a pretty vibrant community, you know, after talking to some of you last night um, at, at, the di at the dinner. Um, what we need to do as we're building or participating in these communities, is really dive in. Be as passionate about the community as we are about Bitcoin. That's important, right? Because Bitcoin's the technology, right? But people, people are people. We have to decide what our communities are going to look like. And, and you know, kudos to Bitstein, right? That he 
you know, his meme game is on. He's decided what his community is going uh, to look like. But we have to like decide what they're going to look like before we start building them. So what, is it, what does it take to build that strong community? It means actually relating to people who are using this technology as people. And Bitcoin is, as far as technology goes, you know, if you're a computer scientist, that's great. You know, if, if you can barely read English, right, um, we have to provide spaces for those people to, to play as well. So for anybody who, you know, works uh, in, this, in this industry, who, who builds anything for this ecosystem, is the tremendous focus on the customers. Now, why should we, why should we focus on the customers? Well, because they're the humans who are using or who we want to use our products. We can go ahead and code and design and do whatever we want to um, and think that it's the best thing since sliced bread, but without actually knowing the people who are in your community, we don't know actually what, we don't know actually what we're building for. Now, I'm going to go into my own um, experience as Vice President of Community Support at Exodus. Um, since we started this particular help desk software in um, mid-2017, we've had over 58,000 direct customer interactions with our company through our help desk, with probably equal amount through our live chat, or um, our Slack channels, which has over 23,000 members. Each one of these conversations gave us the, gave us an opportunity to actually make a connection with a real person who is having a real problem and figure out the best way to help them. So what does that do? That creates trust and loyalty. Those are two pillars of any successful community. Like, we, you have to, uh, you know, if, if somebody trusts that the community's got their back, they're going to want to jump in and help. So, why do I feel that us as an ecosystem, disclaimer, I'm, I'm painting a very broad brush here, painting with a very broad brush stroke here, because there are many people in this very room who do a tremendous amount of work to help people understand what Bitcoin is and to help build these communities that we want people to be part of. So, I feel that we have um, a, a, a long way to go. So as leading a department um, in a business, I am obviously always on the lookout for people to join us in um, community and community support. And what happens is, is that we start with um, a test. So I'm going to frame. This is a, a test that we use to screen all of our um, potential, all of our applicants. Um, this test is wrapped in the language of technology that requires some amount of technical skill to answer. The test is made up of real questions by real people who are having real problems. They emailed us, and so we put, the, we put some of these questions together, and we put them in the test. Now, the test is not a technical test, though. It's an empathy test. 
It's a technical test wrapped in empathy. It's not about can you give the right answer. It's about how you give, how you give the answer. How are we um, providing enough empathy that people actually want to come back? And what most of the people in the crypto, uh, by and large, with some exceptions from really exceptional people, by and large, people that apply that already are in the industry or they're in the ecosystem fail this test. Almost right off the bat, right? Um, why do they fail it? Because I said it's an empathy test. They fail the actual caring about the person that's on the other end of the email. They're like, hey, I know this answer, right? They're full of, they're, most of them have a lot of ego, right? That they're not considering where they might have been when they first heard the word Bitcoin. That's important for all of us. Um, that as we invite people into this space, that we've all been there. We have all been noobs at one point in time. I mean, maybe all, not all of us. I know that I, know that I have. Um, I know that my investigation of Bitcoin was a, 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 a steep learning curve. Um, there is a tremendous amount of casting blame on other people, like not my problem. Great, you used, you used the exchange. Guess what, the exchange fucked this up. We're gonna, you have to go contact them. They're not good, we're good, they're not good. Instead of actually owning that the customer or the community member had a bad experience in our house, right? And that's, a, that's important because this space belongs to all of us and it's up to all of us to be able to you know, throw, throw a good party. Um, and also not asking questions in these tests. Not being inquisitive, not trying to like ask questions and investigate actually what a problem is to help troubleshoot so the customer can find a successful resolution with you. They actually might get a correct answer, but if there's no questions, they're just guessing, right? I call this, um, I call this half-assed support. Right, because it's only half helping, right? It's not helping actually anybody be successful. What, what it does, like, I'll give you an example. I saw something on a Reddit forum the other day and somebody's like, well, you know, hey, what do I do? I just got Coinbase. I just bought my first Bitcoin. Like, what's my next step? And like, the, the first answer was get a wallet, write your 12 word seeds down and put them in a safe. Right answer, what the fuck does it mean? Like, they, like, this person has no idea what 12 words are. They don't know what a private key is. Or if it's any different than your house key. Like, why do they need one? Like, it, it gave the right answer, but it didn't help. And then what happens is that you don't have an individual who is empowered to take control of how they participate in this ecosystem. And that's important, let's say old adage, you give a person a fish, they eat for a day, you give a person a fish, or teach a person to fish, and they eat for an entire lifetime. Um, so there's some best practices to help this challenge. You put the community at the center of everything that you do. Because you're a part of it. And like I said earlier, you decide what you want it to look like, right? You know, you're gonna you're gonna try to participate in a community that you feel that you can trust and that appreciates you being there with them. Be curious. Ask questions. Get to know people. 
just uh, trolling, which has its place, I'm not saying that it doesn't, but instead of just trolling, if when you're building a community or participating in a community, get to know the people by asking questions, right? We're, we're building relationships with each other and you can't do that through tech. You can do it with tech, but just because I have a, a great app on my phone is not gonna make us friends. That you built is not gonna make us friends. And I might actually go use another app because maybe we'll never be friends and I'll see something that actually looks a little better. Not even ask you why I should not, I should not do this. Um, again, helping, empowering the community by helping them um, to guide them to their solutions, right? We are talking about both future of controlling their own finances, right? As far as um, our individual, I believe, as far as our individual participation in any community, not just crypto, but in our civic communities, right, um, is the way that we get there is by helping other people be successful. So when I talked earlier about um, creating the vision for the long term, or creating a vision of what we want it to look like, what I meant by that is that we need to create the vision for the long term. So many times I spent, I was thinking I ran out of time there for a second. <laughs> so many times I find myself in spaces where um, everything's about the now, especially when we're talking about price, right? Like because price goes by the minute and um, everything becomes about like, okay, well, what does it look like right now? What are we doing right now? Like what's been built that we can use right now instead of like, well, what's going to happen? Like, what's it going to look like when my kids are my age? What's it going to look like when my grandchildren are my age? So not just building a vision for the community and thinking about things in the present, but also thinking about things in the future, right? Because Bitcoin right now, will, uh, Bitcoin will not be an outlier of finance. Bitcoin will be finance in the future. And so how is that supposed to look if, you know, everybody's, fi everybody's fighting over it um, all, all the time? So how do, we, how do we get there? Like, we can start with the communities that we have right now, but for the most part, we have to reach people who might not even have the means to participate in now, right? There was a great picture. Gary, you posted a picture on uh, Twitter um, a couple weeks ago of you reading a book to, I think, your grandchildren, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like the earlier education that we can get about what Bitcoin is and what it's for is going to be the better, not just for, betterment, not just for us. It's not about like just, you know, stacking sats and making money right now. It's about providing a means to eliminate the extremes of wealth and poverty for the future. And that starts with earlier education, finding out ways to simply bring people into the ecosystem without confusing the heck out of them and giving them a trusted, safe place to investigate. And like if they wanna end up being a computer scientist, that's fine. If they wanna know all these, these you know, terms you know, that confuse them, that's also fine. However, I can look in my own household, my children, they're not gonna turn on a computer 
to manage their private keys or um, do a transaction. They're going to do everything on mobile, right? Bitcoin is not, cryptocurrency is not something that they're going to be into unless they can do it right here. And that's really important for our future. Like if we, if we stop at the technology and disregard the humanity um, between them, then you know, it's, it will get there. It just might take much longer. So um, just in, in closing, you know, I talked about the early childhood education. I mean, we can go even further back than that and start here. That's not Craig Wright, by the way. He's not, he's not, he's definitely not in that picture. So that's it. That's it for my uh, presentation. Thanks for listening to the BitBlockBoom podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share the BitBlockBoom podcast with your friends. Also, make sure and take a look at this year's lineup of speakers that are at BitBlockBoom.com. And if you use the code COUSINS when purchasing your conference tickets, you'll receive 30% off the price of a general admission ticket. I hope I get to meet you in Dallas next year at the next BitBlockBoom. Thanks for listening. Bit block boom. Let's go. Let's go crypto.